we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on the September the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And on Wednesdays, we like to take a look at a book of the Bible. And today we're looking at Proverbs chapter 24. Now, if you have any questions, you can email me at tombaker at brick.net. That's B-R-I-C-K dot net. We're continuing with a part of Proverbs chapter 24, beginning with verse 7. That's entitled, Advice from Your Father. And it's not only Solomon giving advice to his sons, but it's also God the Father giving information to us about how God thinks. Verse 7 begins, Wisdom is too high for a fool. In the gate, he does not open his mouth. Now, once more, and the book of Proverbs is really needed, a full-time pastor who is knowledgeable not only about the original languages, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, but also about the culture of that day. What does it mean that in the gate he does not open his mouth? Well, the gate was the opening into the village or town. And who would be at the gate? The person would be at the gate who wanted to speak to the elders because the elders of the town would meet at the gate. They would make judgments about issues that people were bringing to them and they would also teach from there. But if you are a fool, and that means an unbeliever, then wisdom is too high for you to understand. In other words, a good way of looking at this verse, matters needing wisdom is too high for a fool. He cannot talk about it. And therefore, in the gate of the city where the elders are, he doesn't open his mouth because they will show how foolish he is. Verse 8, Whoever plans to do evil will be called a schemer. So from God's point of view, if you're doing evil, who are you scheming with? Remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? They chose to scheme with the devil. And therefore, they worked with the devil, just like Peter did when he told Jesus, that he would be protected by Peter and the disciples in going to Jerusalem 
not being crucified. Remember how Jesus responded to him? Get thee behind me, Satan. Because he was scheming with the devil. Verse 9. The devising of folly is sin. And the scoffer is an abomination to mankind. Now, this is kind of referring again back to the schemer at the gate because he is devising sin. And it says he is of folly. Well, there's another word used in Proverbs to refer to a person who is either stupid or an unbeliever. And the devisings of stupidity is sin. And the scoffer is an abomination to mankind. What does that mean? Well, a scoffer becomes disgusting to other people. We, we all know people like that. They're always making fun of others or... They are scoffing what others believe. Jesus had many scoffers who denied what he was saying about the kingdom of God, about the forgiveness of sins, about following the Holy Spirit. And he was an abomination. He was disgusting, therefore, to mankind. But... From God's point of view, the people who are making fun of Jesus, they are what is disgusting to God himself. Verse 10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Now, what this verse is talking about, it's concerning spiritual courage of the Christian. Now, what does that refer to? It refers to the fact that there are people around you, maybe even in your church, who deny the morality of God's word, and they want to do what they want to do. Now, if you are not adverse to what they are saying, if you are faint in the day of adversity, then your strength, it says, is small. Now, what is that referring to? The strength that you have is small. It means it is deficient. You're deficient in what God wants you to do, in speaking against those who are not following God's word properly. In fact, the verse from Scripture this week from Ezekiel says, if you hear someone speaking against God's word and you do not speak to them, about their false doctrine, 
you can be held accountable also for their unbelief. So that's what this verse is talking about. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is deficient. So what are you supposed to do? Verse 11, rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. Now, what does it mean to hold back? It means to spare those. Now, how do you in the church rescue those who are being taken away to death? Now, the death is not physical or earthly death. It's eternal death to hell. And you are to spare those who are stumbling to the slaughter. Parents do that when they bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They are rescuing those who, since birth, have original sin, and they want to be independent from whatever the Bible has to say. They want to make up their own morality, and they're stumbling to the slaughter. Well, Christians... That's what the church is all about, is there to rescue those who are being taken away to death. And verse 12 says, If you say, Behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Now, what does that mean? He who weighs the heart is God himself who is judging the motives of the heart. In other words, when you tell God, we did not know that this person was doing evil or that they were planning to do evil. Well, God knows that your motivation may be that you really had deficient strength, and you fainted in the day of adversity. How many parents are afraid to tell their children when they are disobeying God's word? How many people in the office, in the neighborhood, or even in the church? Verse 12 continues. Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Now, that seems like a strange statement to make when we believe the Bible that our works neither save us nor send us to hell. Because what this is referring to is once more that God checks the motivation of the hearts. And he, therefore, doesn't look just at the work, but he looks at whether there is faith behind the work 
or unbelief. So you are repaid according to your faithful or unfaithful works. 13, Solomon speaking to his son. My son, eat honey, for it is good, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste, which means they're sweet to your palate, your tongue. Yes, I enjoy having honey on various items because it is so sweet. And the honey is really God's way of talking about the message from the Holy Spirit. It is honey, and we eat it. In fact, it was Isaiah who talked about eating God's word. And it was a joy to him. He was joyous to hear God's word. Reminds you of the two disciples on the road to Epiphany. They became joyous when Jesus met with them and explained the reason for the crucifixion and the resurrection and their hearts burned within them. For they were eating the honey of God's word, and it was sweet to their taste. Verse 14. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will be not cut off. Now, what's that referring to? This idea of future. The future is really talking about heaven itself. That those who are rescued from being taken away to eternal death or who are stumbling to the slaughter, they will have a future. And wisdom is such to your soul. Wisdom, of course, refers to the message of Jesus Christ. And if you find it, there will be a future. And your hope will not be cut off. You see, deep down in the souls of human beings is a hope for a better time. Some may think that that hope means that when they die, they go out of existence. But others realize the hope is a life of bliss in heaven itself. Verse 15. Lie not in wait as a wicked man against the dwelling of the righteous. Do no violence to his home. Now, another way of translating verse 15, do not ambush the dwelling of the righteous as a wicked man does, and do no violence to his resting place 
Now, the term resting place refers to the home. Remember, you get off a day of hard work, maybe for eight hours. And what do you look forward to? Going home, sitting in your chair, having a cool beverage, watching TV, relaxing with the wife and children. And therefore, a wicked man will attempt to ambush the dwelling of the righteous, and he is to do no violence to his resting place. But he likes to do violence. That's why it's important when you have young children, it's important to know who are their friends, who are they hanging around with, who are they following, because that is how the devil, as a wicked person, attempts to ambush the dwelling of the righteous. Verse 16, for the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. This is referring to the fact that when you are righteous in God's sight, yes, you may fall into sin. You may fall many times. Remember what Peter said to Jesus? Are we to forgive seven times? What did Jesus say? Seventy times seven. But the wicked who reject that forgiveness, they stumble in times of calamity, or one can say in times of misfortune. They're stumbling again and again, and they do not rise from that calamity. 17. This was very interesting. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. See, that's an attitude that even Christians have. When there's someone they don't like, maybe they were hurt by them, and that person falls or he stumbles, and you rejoice over it. Why are you not to do that? Listen to verse 18, probably one of the most important verses in Proverbs 24. Do not let your heart be glad when your enemy falls or stumbles, lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. Now, isn't that interesting? That when you rejoice at the misfortune or the times of calamity when your enemy falls or stumbles, what the Lord may do is because of your rejoicing attitude, he will turn his anger away from that person who has fallen and they will not receive the negative consequence of their sin 
which they normally should receive. And that's because of you, because you're rejoicing at their calamity or their stumbling. I find that very interesting verse, that the Lord can turn away anger from your enemies when you are happy when they fall. Verse 19 continues, Fret not yourself because of evildoers, and be not envious of the wicked. Now, why would you not be envious of the wicked? Or why would you be envious of the wicked? It's because, and this is found in the Bible, it appears from an earthly point of view that the wicked often fare better than the righteous. They may have nicer houses, more possessions, nice cars, good reputations. And so you become jealous of them. But we need to remember, do not look to the earth to decide whether God loves you or not. The Pharisees, they consider themselves to be loved by God because many of them were rich. But God was against them. Verse 20. For the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Or another way of saying it, the lamp of the wicked will be extinguished. But he has no future. This follows from verse 14. Remember, wisdom to your soul is like honey. Because if you find it, there will be a future. That's heaven itself. But verse 20, For the evil man has no future, and the lamp of the wicked, that is the unbeliever, will be extinguished. When they die, they will take nothing into the grave with them, and they will be apart from God in hell. Verse 21. My son, fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise. Now, what does that mean? Well, the word Lord is all in capitals in the English, referring to the name of God, Yahweh, that Moses received on Mount Sinai. And we are to fear not only God, but also the king who is a righteous king. And therefore, we are not to become associated with those who are rebellious. And are we ever seeing that in the United States and in the world, where there are many people who are rebellious in the sense of changing God's laws and making up their own. They no longer believe the morality of God's law and instead 
want to follow their own perceived notions, which, of course, come from the devil. Verse 22, our last one, and it talks about why you do not want to associate with those who are rebellious. For disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who knows the ruin that will come from them both. Now, who's the them? At first reading, it sounds like that's the rebellious ones. But it's not just disaster that arises from evil people. The them really refers back to verse 21, to the Lord and the King. And what it is saying is disaster will arise from God and the King. And who knows the ruin that will come from them both. In other words, on the earth, the king may punish us for our evil doing. You may end up with a fine. You may end up going to jail. You end up with a bad reputation. And the Lord himself may cause misfortune to occur in your life. This is because you are rebellious to God. You have no future. And who knows the ruin that will come from both God and the king. We already know people who at one time believed in the Lord, but now no longer believe in him because of the misfortune or the ruin that occurred in their lives. For example, many Jews no longer believe there is a God because of the Holocaust. This happens even for some believers. Great Proverbs giving more insight into God's way of thinking. And keep in mind, do not be jealous or envious of evildoers. I'm Tom Baker. Join with us tomorrow as we continue with Law and Gospel. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.
On this day, September 6, 2023, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsor, Paula Fines of Springfield, Illinois. Paula made a gift to KFUO in loving memory of her husband, Jack Fines, and in remembrance of him on his birthday today. Jack was a wonderful husband, father, and grandfather, and Paula is thankful for the blessing that he was to her and to their family each and every day. Thank you, Paula Fines, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsor.